Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hey, everyone. Hey, it's us. It's us, Caitlin. And Jamie. And we wanted to do just a really quick intro for our episode that you're about to hear. Because we went to Washington, D.C. Ever heard of it? <laughs> Nation's capital. A lot of what? fucked up stuff happening there. <laughs> Uh, but we did a live show, and was that was so not fun. fucked up. That was cool. It was fucked down. <laughs> it was good. So uh, we went to the Draft House Comedy Theater in D.C. Shout uh, so this is the episode that you are about to hear that we recorded live there. But before mm-hmm. we do that, just a really quick plug Ooh. for our upcoming West Coast tour. Yes, that's right. We are hitting three cities on the west coast with a fun little vacay for us in between Mm -hmm. not that you needed to know uh on the 20th we're going to be in san francisco for sketch fest uh covering the breakfast club Mm -hmm. and that's at piano fight that's true then we're heading up the coast to Mm -hmm. portland oregon Mm -hmm. on january 23rd we are talking about Fight Club, and we're going to be at the Curious Comedy Theater. And finally, on the 25th of January, we'll be in Seattle, Washington. Uh, we're doing two shows. Mm. We're doing The Little Mermaid and Sleepless in Seattle. So choose your poison or, you know, preferably go to both. Yeah. Tickets um, are going fast. They are going fast for And that's not like a, like a thing that, hey, like, we're, just we're saying serious. That to get we're you to serious. buy. Like, take, at the time of this recording, The Little Mermaid show is almost sold out. Yeah. So grab those tickets ASAP um, and you can do that by going to bechtelcast.com and click on the live appearances tab and we will see you there see you there all right and now enjoy our episode yeah the Bechtel cast uh welcome to the Bechtel cast my name is Jamie Loftus my name's Caitlin Durante and you knew that so that's <laughs> Here we are in the flesh. Yeah. Uh, how are How are you, Kim? I'm great. We just ate some burgers together. We and did. 
Um, yeah, we were in Philadelphia last night. Now we're here. Mm-hmm. Oh, someone, oh, we got a small, oop. I, I love a small whoop of association. <laughs> uh, just like, I also have been there. <laughs> You're like, hell yeah, great. <laughs> oh, there's a feminist icon Gail shirt. Oh my yeah. gosh. <laughs> we're... She is a feminist icon. We were so I, I saw you in the lobby wearing the shirt, and I'm first of all shocked anyone bought that shirt, and I'm so thrilled that someone bought it. And I'm pretty sure both people who bought that shirt, because there are only two, <laughs> we have met in person now, which is <laughs> great. Very high retention rate. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, we're st- we're stoked to be here. Yeah, uh, we're talking about. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, so so clap if you uh, saw the movie. You've seen the movie. Did your homework, etc. Mm-hmm. Now, um, by round of applause, who has not seen The Nightmare Before Christmas? Okay, oh, a, wait, co- no, a few. No, be heard. Don't be Take shy. Up space. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Queen, go off, etc. Other platitudes. There will be a Caitlin's Famous recap to clue everyone in who hasn't seen the movie. Also, so. nothing happens in this movie. <laughs> so it's like not a big deal. It's mostly expositional songs. <laughs> it's 90%. Uh, yeah, that is a lot of it. Caitlin likes this movie. No, I... Okay. <laughs> sorry, sorry to out you <laughs> as a hot topic manager, but <laughs> Caitlin likes this movie. <laughs> I grew up, well, we'll get into we'll our history. We'll but uh, yeah, um, well, you, you know, but for oh, any right. listeners at home, if you're not, know, if you don't know what the show is or if you don't, because sometimes people bring a friend and they're like, why am I here and who are these people? And, and you, anyone else? <laughs> Hi. Okay. Hi, wait, clap if you're random. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Awesome. Okay. Okay. This will be fun. Okay. <laughs> so. We're annoying, and that's all you need to know. (laughs) (laughs) So we uh, analyze uh, famous movies using the Bechtel test Mm -hmm. as a popping... Why am I going to say as a popping off point? Jumping off point. Jumping off point. (laughs) Right. As a popping off point. (laughs) We we pop off to the Bechtel test. (laughs) Two sips of beer, and I'm violently (laughs) drunk. I don't know. Um... So we talk about the portrayal of women in in movies, uh, one movie at a time, and we use the Bechdel test to initiate that conversation. Uh, The Bechdel test being, uh, you apply it to the movie, it requires that a movie has two named female-identifying characters who speak to each other about something other than a man. For just two lines of dialogue. That's our standard. That's our bar. Very low bar, and yet... You think so it'd be many easy, movies. But did you see this movie? <laughs> do not pass. Women may not be in the same room <laughs> in some <laughs> movies. Let's do a quick demo of the Bechtel test. Oh, sure. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, hey Jamie. There is a pimple I've been trying to manifest off of my face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it's not... It's work. not working? It's getting spitefully larger. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think you're beautiful just the way you are. Well, not you that a woman's beauty, <laughs> oh my god, should matter. Grasping at straws. <laughs> I do. It is an offensively large pimple that I have um, graciously covered, but it can speak in a, as a face. <laughs> um, Great. Shall we bring our get- that passes the Bechtel yes. test. <laughs> doesn't have to be interesting or good. <laughs> it just has to be not about a man. 
Yeah, let's bring her back. Yes. Okay. Uh, She's a stand-up comic right here in D.C., and she's a writer and on-air correspondent for the political satire show Redacted Tonight on RT America. Give it up for Natalie McGill. Wow, such a warm reception. Thank you. (laughs) Hi, Natalie. Hi. Thanks for being here. Oh, my gosh. So tell us about your history, your relationship to this movie. Okay, so so full disclosure, I used to be like scared to like I avoided this movie like the plague for the longest time because uh, as a child I used to be like deathly afraid for some reason of like stop motion any type of stop motion (laughs) and like claymation animation so like for the longest time like I couldn't deal with like California raisins I couldn't do California raisins I couldn't do any of like the Christmas specials that air on CBS Mm. I couldn't do chicken run See, all right, I I have, like, a, a special place in my heart for, like, Chicken Run and uh, what's the other one? Uh, sheep. Wallace and Wallace Gromit. And Wallace Gromit. Something. Shaun the Sheep. Shaun the like, sheep. like I, get, I get stomach those, but it was, like, even, like, like deep cuts, like, the, the claymation and, like, the Speed Demon music video and, like, <laughs> the, like, for Michael Jackson, like, I couldn't do it. So it was, like, a really long time before I watched the movie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so then when did you see it? Probably saw it, like, a couple years ago, but, like... I don't know. Like I, the songs are kind of cheesy. I'm not gonna lie, but like I could, <laughs> I could kind of, kind of, kind of get into movie. it. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie, what's your history? I thought I had seen this movie, but I have been to a hot topic. That literally was my. <laughs> I was so sure. I was like, for sure, I've seen this movie. Of course, yeah. I used to own a Jack Skellington sweatshirt. <laughs> But it was just that I enjoyed the musical Fallout Boy and that I had a crush on a skateboarder who was an assistant manager at Hot Topic. Mm-hmm. So I was lurking at the Hot Topic. <laughs> and if you spend an hour in a Hot Topic, you've basically seen this movie. Uh, <laughs> but I haven't. I had it through the it. articles of clothing. <laughs> You're just like, this story? No, I mean, well, based on Hot Topic, you would think that Jack and Sally uh, have way more of a story than they do. Right. But we'll get there. They're in, like, two scenes together, and he's, th- like, it's 90% of this short movie that feels forever. Uh, it's, <laughs> like, 75 minutes long. It's yeah. so short. It's just a ghoulish man being like, I want to be Santa. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> it's a... <laughs> It's dumb. Anyways, <laughs> I watched it this morning. What's your history? Well, it was a movie of my childhood. I think it came out when I was like seven. And, you know, it was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. And look at this skeleton. And it's fun. So, yeah, I loved it as a kid. The songs are cool. There's no <laughs> argument to be made for the contrary. You're outnumbered on this stage. Yeah. <laughs> okay, on stage, let's pull the audience. Who thinks the songs are dumb? Clap your hands. Okay, we got a few people Ooh, in the got front. A solid three. A three. <laughs> Who thinks the songs are great? Wow, lots more people. Thank you for your support. <laughs> Well, I guess the show's over. <laughs> yeah, we gotta go. <laughs> Come on. He, getting at the Sandy Claus. That's a great song. How did you not like the songs in A Star is Born, but you're like, no, Ugh. the songs in Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas. 
slap. Like, that's just not true. I love that they played the song from A Star Is Born on the radio as if it were a real song. <laughs> like, I'm like, do we not know this is a fake song? There's, it's like, <laughs> 30 seconds of good music from that movie. It, and it's it when Lady Gaga's going, oh! <laughs> I love it so much. <sighs> Anyways, okay. this movie. Yes. <laughs> so I, it was a huge movie of my childhood. Hadn't revisited it in many years. Kind of forgot the story. And it's true. Not a ton happens. But <laughs> let's find out what does happen, shall we? <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Caitlin's going to recap. Yeah. So, uh, and then, Natalie, feel free to interrupt during the recap. Mm, please. <laughs> I like that I'm always the person that's like, hey, let's just interrupt Caitlin as much as possible. <laughs> I, I need it. I, I it know. It needs to happen. Yeah, if I were a dude up here, that would not <laughs> fly <It's>, at all. <laughs> we have a temporary embargo on male guests. That's just something maybe fans of the show have noticed. We have a full embargo on men uh, for mm. a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We got too many complaints. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we really did. <laughs> Okay, so uh, an, the the nightmare before Christmas. Basically, it's about a white man who appropriates another culture, and yeah, pretty much just <laughs> like ruins it does, everything. It doesn't, it doesn't help that he's white either. <laughs> I, mean, I know he's like a skeleton and he's bleached. Could but, like, not be whiter. <laughs> he's the whitest. Ruins like ruins everything, and then is like, "Whoopsie! Thanks for helping me realize I don't like other cultures." <laughs> but he was he was oddly <laughs> arrogant about it too, and he was like, "Oh, yeah. like nobody appreciated the work that I put in." Like, What's wrong? With <laughs> you did a bad job. Oh. You gave children heads. <laughs> like what are you talking? And then the whole well, we'll get there. But the fact that Santa is trapped in the basement with the boogeyman who has dice and then is freed and then santa's like no worries gotta go and then he's just like he's like it's fine it's yeah fine. there's and like in no fact, I'm apology gonna say really? hi before i go home yeah <laughs> i would have like pressed charges i would have done something yeah. legally to like hold him there jack yeah. skellington <laughs> should be in prison <laughs> <laughs> it's true <laughs> so this story takes place in a world where Every major U.S. holiday, uh, <laughs> including Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, yeah, and Every something else that I feel like is like specific just to the U.S. Like St. Patrick's Day, I feel like isn't yeah. really celebrated anywhere else. <laughs> what is St. Patrick's Day world like? <laughs> well, that's I think that's what fascinated me so much about this movie because I was like, I want to go, I want to see a movie about like what the other worlds are like, I don't. and then like. I, <laughs> I'd Missed opportunity for a franchise. I I'd imagine think St. we can Patrick's agree. The world's just a bunch of angry white dudes trying to claim Irish heritage and just puking <laughs> green like everywhere. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, there's two like uh, Christianity worlds. <laughs> there's Christmas world and, and there's Easter, Easter world, mm-hmm. which could be very grim. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We see a bunny, but there's yeah. other shit that goes on and around Easter that is not so festive. Yeah. <laughs> like stigmata Jesus, maybe. <laughs> also, this whole... Okay, this is getting ahead a little bit. But there's like a part of this movie where everyone at Halloween... It's not Halloween Town. That's a better movie than this. Um, <laughs> Halloween, no, it's called Halloween it's Town. Hall- yeah, it is the town. 
That's and there's also Halloween a movie tumble. called <laughs> anyone who who's a matron. Any matrons here? Ooh, yeah. you've heard our Halloween Town episode. Yeah, yeah uh, both Disney movies, and they recycled the name. I mean, it is a bad name, but there's, <laughs> but there's like a part where they think Jack Skellington. They're like, he's gonna die. I was like, isn't everyone here dead? Why is that a problem? <laughs> Because at the beginning, they're like, we're all dead, and that is cool. And then at the end, they're like, no, he's going to die. I was like, but he was dead. Right. This movie's stupid. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, we're so the we meet Jack Skellington. He's like feminist the icon. feminist icon, Jack Skellington. Um, he is like the highly revered. He's like he's the celebrity, the, the I guess. Prince? He's the, the pumpkin king. Oh, pumpkin yeah, king. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what does that? So it's a, it's a, it's a town that has a king, and and a mayor. A mayor. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's just like London, I think. What is democracy like there? I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> what are the polls like? Halloween <laughs> town. Uh, so the thing is, he's tired of Halloween and he's like, I long for something more. And then uh, we also meet Sally. Um, she's like this like patchwork quilt lady. She's a, Franken- yeah. she's a Frankenstein. <laughs> Frankenstein's yeah, monster. Like Ragdoll Frankenstein. Yeah. It's just an excuse to like, we can, there's one female character in the story and we can rip her apart whenever we want. <laughs> 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 Very scary. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, her, I mean, the introduction to Sally is she literally has her arm torn off mm-hmm. when she's trying to get away from someone. You're like, oh, cool. Let's set the tone. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yep. And she admires Jack from afar, but she is basically enslaved by a mad scientist who created her in his lab. So he's a man in STEM? <laughs> Boo. Okay. <laughs> but she's a she's a w- woman in STEM because she makes potions, she's potions, which is what scientists do. <laughs> uh, yeah, because she's actively trying to like poison him and escape. A lot of poisoning in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah, a lot of roofing yes. the boss. <laughs> it's a very abusive relationship. <laughs> yeah, it's basically. Did anyone see Phantom Thread? Because the relationship between her and the scientist is basically Phantom Thread. Uh, a deep cut. Good job, Caitlin. Okay. Uh, so Jack stumbles upon the entrances to the other holiday w- worlds, and he's like really he's like, taken I'm sad. aback. Let me walk into the woods. Mm-hmm. Sure, <laughs> and then he finds the second act of the movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he sees the door that looks like a Christmas tree. He's like, "Ooh, what's this all about?" And then he gets sucked into it, and he ends up in Christmas Town. Uh, Secular religion, right? Just takes you right in. <laughs> <It's> just <laughs> like a vortex. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's so shiny. How can you resist? <laughs> So he lo- he's like, what's this? There's a song literally called that. And then he discovers what Christmas is all about. And then he returns to Halloween Town. He's like, hey, everyone, I found this cool new holiday. Let's appropriate it. And everyone's like, okay, whatever you say, Pumpkin King. But they kind of mess it up at first. Like, he doesn't explain it very well. Because um, he only spent like 20 minutes there. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> He's like a vice reporter. <laughs> <laughs> he like go- goes there, does a lap. He's like, I think I get it. And then he. <laughs> <laughs> 
God's and then he got mad at them for not understanding it. Like, you don't understand. <laughs> right. He's <laughs> like, no, but it's actually really cool, guys. <laughs> he was there for no time. He didn't even appear to have spent the night. No. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. he was just there for a few minutes. Yeah. yeah. So then he's like, yeah, let's let's instead of doing Halloween this year, I just take over Christmas. So he he like commissions Sally to like make him a Santa Claus outfit, even he, though she's like psychic. She has a premonition. She sees the future and she yeah has like a vision that his Christmas is going to go bad. Go up in flames, Something. basically. And then he's like, uh-huh, make my suit. Yeah. <laughs> That's their first scene together. <laughs> One of, like, three scenes that they have together. Yeah, which is, I think, it's, like, at least halfway into the movie, I think. It takes a while for them to be on screen together. She's kind of following him around for a while. She's sending up her various potions to his... Yeah, she sends him, like, a picnic basket. Tower. Cute. No. It also, it kind of reminded me that scene of, like, say, like, I don't know if you guys have seen Say Yes to the Dress, or, like, some Somebody will is getting married in like two days and they have an under two thousand dollar budget and like find me this dress. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. <laughs> so but she's the miracle worker. Yeah. She makes the Santa Claus suit happen. She does it, and then he Tim goes. He gets these three kids, lock, stock, and barrel, to kidnap the real Santa Claus. And they do that, and then they're like... First we get the Easter Bunny. Oh, whoops. man. <laughs> Wrong Christian world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, so then then they, they get Santa Claus, and they're like, here, Oogie Boogie, have him. Have you're Santa like, Claus. Oogie Boogie? <laughs> and then you're like, oh, this movie doesn't have a villain yet. Uh, <laughs> and then you're like, wait, I thought Jack Skellington was the villain. Uh, but then the movie is like, no, 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 it's Oogie Boogie. <laughs> <laughs> so with with santa claus gone now jack skellington can be like hey kids i'm doing christmas now it and reminded me of when squidward dressed up as santa <laughs> 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 except squidward is a queer icon and <laughs> jack skellington isn't right. <laughs> So Jack is, like, ruining Christmas. He's, like, giving all the kids, like, decapitated heads and, like, bats and stuff. And meanwhile, Sally goes and tries to save Santa Claus because she's like, oh, my boyfriend who I love, or, like, this guy I'm she's stalking. She's not her boyfriend. She doesn't really... It takes a while to figure out if they even know each other. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because I thought when I was watching this movie today... The f- when she sends up the basket and then he sees her and then he looks back and she's gone, I was like, oh, maybe they haven't met. Right. But then it's like, oh, no, he does know who she is. He just doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's actively stalking him and he ignores her. Is the nature of their relationship for most of the movie. It is like how I behaved with that Hot Topic manager. <laughs> <laughs> I would be at the Hot Topic, which I shouldn't have been, but I was. Acting like I wanted uh, items. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> oh, no. Like, I am a goth. <laughs> It'd be like, weird, because you're wearing a back brace. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Jack is fucking up Christmas, and the Christmas town fights back. And he's like, oh, no, wh- what have I done? There's probably a lesson to be learned here, but I, I didn't mean, learn it. Is it Christmas town or just, like, human worlds? 
where they're just like it's the news and they're like oh that's, i think that's the human world yeah, yeah. at that point because oh. they're delivering it like all the presents to like the actual boys and girls i found that weird it's like christmas town no response really from christmas town <laughs> and we know that santa claus we, for some reason santa's wife is given a name even though we never even see her but he's like kathleen i'm you're like kathleen <laughs> <laughs> and then he's kidnapped but is she is a named female character who never appears and uh never does anything wait I'm, I'm still trying to pro- his, his his wife, wife. yes i'm still trying to process for some reason <laughs> i thought that like in christmas town Christmas is only celebrated and everyone's just like, yeah, Christmas all the time. Like, they don't go to the outside world. Same thing with, like, Halloween town. I think it's just all year long they're gearing up for that one thing. So I think that's how, like, Halloween town was. Like, so when the movie starts, like... We're coming up on Halloween. So then they, they go out. But we, okay. Wow. I'm learning mayor, something. <laughs> <laughs> no, because the mayor shows up and then he is like oh, 365 days till Halloween. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, so I thought that was kind of comical because to me, like, that's the dude you want on like your nonprofit who, when you're like planning like an annual meeting, because he's there like the day right after, like, all right, let's prepare for next year. And I was like, okay, this is a little overzealous, but we'll, <laughs> but at least we'll be prepared. Appreciate your enthusiasm. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. The mayor, I thought the mayor was going to end up being bad because of his two heads. Yeah. <laughs> but it turns out he's just got two heads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I let my implicit two-head bias <laughs> inform my viewing. Well, I'm glad uh, you learned something today. I learned something today. We're all Always growing. So Jack fucked up Christmas, and he's like, oh, no, I fucked up. I have to go back to Halloween Town. And then he saves Sally and Santa Claus from Oogie Boogie. And then Sally almost saves Santa Claus. But yes. The movie's like, no, 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 you cannot do the real save. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait for the skinny guy to get back yeah yes my, my favorite part of that was like after they were like freed like the first thing out of santa's mouth was like you should have been listening to her the entire time and i'm like that isn't that always how it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> and then santa's like anyways peace and like levitates away yeah Wait, also why didn't he levitate away sooner if yeah. he could levitate away why was it a problem yeah i good question so then jack's like i'm gonna be the pumpkin king again because i love halloween again and i think that's the end of the movie oh jack and sally they they do kiss she sings a song of like i love him and then he sings a song uh, the third song of the movie that's like i want to be santa (laughs) (laughs) their motivations are at odds (laughs) it's like we've all been in a relationship where you are doing all the work and your romantic partner wants to be santa claus (laughs) and it's like (laughs) we want different things we should just separate (laughs) a tale as old as time (laughs) (laughs) and on that note let's take a quick break what do you say sounds good all right When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later, the co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so I want to talk about... So Sally is really the only female character. There, There is one of the three, like, trick-or-treat kids. Is it? What is it? Is, uh, Scram. Uh, there's Lock, Lock, Shock, and Barrel. I might have said Stock before. Um, shock is the Shock, the it, yes. She is voiced by Catherine O'Hara, as is Sally. Which, okay... If you're casting a voice actor, there's no excuse to not cast someone who can sing because you don't have to see their face, right? Like, <laughs> it's like Catherine o- Sally's song, I think, is unlistenable because <laughs> she's basically a high school soprano, like, really <laughs> reaching for those top notes. Mm-hmm. She's, she's like, I love Chinese cool. <laughs> you're like, oh my God. It's like a bad middle school concert. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, I mean, this is, you know, but it's shrill. It is. Yeah, you yeah, uh, sure. That, her, I mean, we all agree mostly that the songs are great, but her song, it could use some work, sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a little pitchy, dog. Like, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in, in the town of Halloween Town, we've got Shock, one of the trick-or-treat kids. We've got Sally. We've got a few, like, witches and hags and <laughs> one shape of water looking creature yes i saw that <laughs> i uh, i mean <laughs> yeah i noticed <laughs> and there <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course you did the, <laughs> <laughs> the fish guy and all we really see them do is like fangirl over jack skellington but to be fair everyone fangirls over like the whole town is like jack we love you and they need to calm down yeah right (laughs) what we never see is why that is like there because at the beginning he comes out and everyone's like woohoo he's great and then we never really see a demonstration of like 
What's he great at? What's he do? What's his skill? Uh, he sings know. about how awesome he is, so we take Which, his word for oof, it. Talk I guess. about a metaphor for other things. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I mean, he says he's awesome a lot, so he's probably done something. But if you were to, uh, he exclusively fucks stuff up and then mm. forgives himself. <laughs> 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 Like there's that whole Caleb, the the songs are so bad because there's like that <laughs> song where he's like he fucks up Christmas and scares every living child mm-hmm. and then goes to like a graveyard and is like, Well, I sucked at Christmas, but I am great anyways. I <laughs> am not sorry and the song Look, is the over. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> like why? <laughs> The message of the song perhaps is not great, but the the melody, wow. <laughs> the composition, really. Yes. <laughs> and then the ghost dog, like even the ghost dog, I like to think was not on board with what was oh, happening. Oh, zero? Zero. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if we're talking about zero, let's just watch holes. Like, right? Mm-hmm. Hector Zeroni, hello. God. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Zero from Holes was like such a childhood crush of mine. I was like, <gasps> like Shia, move away. Oh, sometimes <laughs> I were like, but Shia, <laughs> 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 but Shia, but also Zero was the mm-hmm. was the was the true kitty of the movie. Well, did Zero's nose glow the entire time, like from the start? Yeah. Okay, because so he didn't realize that when he was supposed to go on the sleigh ride, he was like, oh, your nose glows so bright. Like, how long have you owned this dog? His nose was glowing the entire. <laughs> Higher time. <laughs> right. <laughs> they establish it really early on because uh, in a really hilarious visual joke, uh, Jack Skellington rips out one of his own ribs and throws it. <sighs> and then Zero can't find it at first, but then he uses the light of his nose to find it. You can't like supplant every joke possible with like, what if it were bones? Like that can't just be <laughs> the joke. <laughs> But that's like every joke in this movie. Clearly, is you've like, never seen the show Bones. <laughs> <laughs> is that all it is? Just Bones? I, I don't know. I've never seen it. Is that? W- <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about. Oh no, Cobb! If you've seen Bones, uh, okay. <laughs> I it's don't. About I'm pretty sure that it's about forensic a guy named anthropologists, Dr. right? <laughs> is it Doctor Bones? Nickname oh. Bones. Okay, so there's a man named Bones in the, <laughs> in the <laughs> show. Mm. I was like, I think it's just about a guy named Bones. <laughs> I think they're looking at Bones, though. Anyway, so... Anyways, Bones jokes, I'm over it. <laughs> uh, so I wanted to talk about the active choices that we see Sally make, because she does make some. First, she tries to poison the doctor's tea the first time. This happens a lot. Then she runs away from him by pulling her own arm off. Then she poisons his soup, tricks him into eating it, and with a whole with a, with hole a, in a spoon, right? Hole in spoon. Yeah, that she had ready. Sure, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then she escapes out the window, uh, sews herself, she like throws herself. Throws her. Yeah, she <laughs> flings. That scene genuinely bothers me. Where there's so much like. God, I mean, we were talking about this backstage, but like Tim Burton's never ending quest to seem interesting. Like (laughs) (laughs) the fucking like goth edgelord of the world. Like it's just, it goes without saying he sucks, but like, but the way he like glorifies just like doing him what any other case would be a suicide. He's like, is 
played for a joke in this and that bugged me a lot where mm-hmm. it's and also it's our only female character it's like does it pass the Bechtel test if the only female character flings herself out a window yeah. <laughs> like that's I don't know also, that didn't like that didn't that wasn't okay so before she flew, flung herself out she had like all the like her potions and stuff and she had like a pulley system and she like yeah she definitely lowered that down I was like why couldn't you why couldn't you get right. on that? <laughs> like, so, why did you have to jump out of the Because I guess she has to it. demonstrate her sewing skills. <laughs> she had the technology, though. <laughs> I, I simply don't uh, know. Oh, God. That's, yeah, that was dumb. So then she sews herself back together after she flings herself out of the window, brings the picnic basket to Jack, but then is like, tee bye, like runs away. <laughs> I'm shy. <laughs> it's like a Jane Austen novel. <laughs> so up until this point, none of these choices have really influenced the story. But then whenever Jack is like, hey, better go, you know, ruin or appropriate another culture. She's like, no, this is a bad idea because she's had that premonition. And then she adds something to like the cauldron to create the fog. Right, uh, right. But he's like, it was I'll called just fog juice. It's a brilliant <laughs> turn. <Yeah. laughs> It was Twist. Fog juice. <laughs> it's fog juice. But then that obstacle is like immediately overcome because he's like, oh, I've got my dog who I just remembered has a light bulb <laughs> yeah. on his face. <laughs> Oh, and the reindeer? Just regular reindeer. But wait, there's a twist. <laughs> They're bones. <laughs> <You're just like> <laughs> <laughs> Dumbass movie. <laughs> and then we already kind of touched on this, but at the end, she does try to save Santa Claus, who's being imprisoned by the boogeyman. But and then she hears. Close. She gets pretty close. And she's like doing interesting stuff where she like uses her, her skills to like. But also, she uses like female yeah. sexuality by removing yes. her leg to make the what's his called the gabagool what's his name oh. <laughs> the book <laughs> she tries to get him horny with her detached leg yeah. yes and so you're just like sure <laughs> right and then but then she uses her hands to like untie the thing and so she comes close but uh then she ends up getting captured herself and i guess sews herself back together because then oh she's yeah in one she's piece intact again. the next time we see her <laughs> right. also santa could fly the whole time <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> But that brings up the fact that, like, most of Sally's skills that we see her do in the movie are, like, very domestic or, like, traditionally feminine because she's either always making food slash potions or sewing stuff. But there is, like... I don't know. It's weird because the way she's asked to prepare food, but then she does a science experiment instead in an attempt to murder. So that... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That, I feel like, is, like not total domestic or it's like hardcore domestic yes <laughs> it's extreme domestic and then she i don't know it's weird and frustrating because she has other skills but no one cares about them or values them and at, at the end of the movie that's kind of unchanged where we know that she can do chemical she has fogges and a, a frog's breath whatever uh, she's got all this science stuff. Mm-hmm. And then we also know she can predict the future and has premonitions, but every interaction she has with Jack, he, she's literally like, Christmas is over. And he's like, ha, 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 can you sew this for me? <laughs> and he doesn't change in that regard at all. Right, definitely. It's I would argue, though, that having a premonition is like 
still sort of like a feminine trait because it's like a woman's intuition. I don't Maybe. know. Have you seen that? So Raven. Because <laughs> <laughs> for her, it's a defined skill. It's a superpower. Sure. I don't know. Yeah. Good point. How much are we pulling from that? So Raven. <laughs> <canon>? <laughs> But, well, that begs the question, how many female characters do we see having clairvoyance like that versus how many male characters? That's true. I mean, I just don't, I don't want men to be able to know what the future is. <laughs> if anyone's going to have the power. Yeah, that power. They don't need but that I think power. it's sort of like coded, <laughs> like that, like clairvoyance is sort of coded as like a woman's intuition. intuition. Maybe that's and true. And maybe there's like nothing wrong with that. I don't know. We'll, we'll figure this out in a later episode <laughs> as we see more of this and discuss it further. I don't, it's, well, I guess with Sally, it's kind of unclear what, because she is the, uh, a man's creation that seems to gain sentience beyond her creator. And there's like kind of some born sexy yesterday vibes about the mm. way she is created. It's unclear what she knows is like programmed into her and what she knows that she's learned. Right. So I don't know if like she was programmed clairvoyant or. And I feel like maybe that's why like later on when he creates like a whole other like woman like and then like uses oh, like yeah. half of his brain and like puts it in there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so he has like his idea of like an ideal woman, whereas like she ended up carving some type of independence on her own, even though she was still kind of domestic. Right. She does escape, which is cool. Yeah. But then his, like, Mrs. Pac-Man that he makes is very creepy. Yes. <laughs> his identical twin, yeah. question mark? Yeah. yeah. Also, like, they both have half of a brain. So it's, like, these, like, lobotomized people just, like, <laughs> like there's no way they're smart is what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but who here would pay to see a sex tape of them? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't see any hands going that, <laughs> Okay, that did occur to me. <laughs> There's something there. Okay, <laughs> cool to see. Uh, yeah, I guess with the, the mad science, do we ever learn his name? Finkelstein. Is Finkelstein. His last name. I don't know yeah. what his first name is. Okay. <laughs> So Frankenstein, basically. basically yeah. Okay, <laughs> got it. Yeah, so he, like, definitely views her as his property and, like, wants her to be very obedient. And I guess the fact that she's not and that she's defiant is good, but, like, it's a low bar. It's where, I, I mean, <laughs> there were moments where it was, like, I think that it's trying to make commentary on something. Like, even when I, I don't like the scene where she leaps out of the tower... But that almost felt like a commentary on like how princesses are always, you know, trapped in towers and mm -hmm. have to be rescued. And she leaps from it. And so feminism. <laughs> 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 There's like some really like empty, like Tim Burton being like, right? Uh, you're just like, <laughs> no, you missed it, man. She's also, <laughs> she's also made of leaves. Does anyone else catch that? Wait, she has what? leaves inside of her. Every time she like falls apart, like there's leaves that come out. Is she like a scarecrow? Oh no, that's not leaves. straw. I was about to say <laughs> scarecrows are made out of wool. I don't know. <laughs> Watch the movie again. She's made out of leaves. Also, where's the show Leaves? A follow up to Bones. Um, um, Sally's a weird character. It's weird because it's like one of those characters where, like we've talked about a million times, it's the only female character we really see that has narrative impact she's pretty much exclusively defined by how she relates to the men around her and there's like elements of her character that were given that are cool and interesting and just go completely not 
addressed or explored really at all. Right, 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 right. And like we said before, they don't interact on screen together, uh, Jack and Sally, until like halfway through the movie. And even in that scene, he's extremely condescending to her. She's like, you probably shouldn't like steal other people's like cultures. And he's like, make the thing. And then (laughs) he's like, "Uh, this part is red and this part is white. And like, (laughs) here's how it looks like. And she's like, dog, I know, but like, (laughs) don't steal other people's cultures. And then, yeah, there's like the whole, like she's stalking him thing. And then he doesn't return any like romantic feelings for her until the very end. Whenever no reason he's impressed that she can, came to save him as far as i could tell uh, okay but, <laughs> but the end he doesn't even finish the sentence he's like wow you're and then it's like uh i don't know why these two people are about to kiss but we gotta get him to kiss and then they do and then the movie it seemed over. really forced at the end like mm-hmm. it didn't yeah. have to end that way really but then it's a disney movie so you kind of have to but like everyone's aim away message was like looking for the jack to my sally <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> but that's the thing like sally's i think she has the one song in the movie maybe yeah. there's a reprise i don't remember but it's about how like oh are me and jack gonna end up together i don't know and then all of his songs are like here's how fucking awesome i am here's <laughs> a new thing i discovered and how cool i think it is like here's the things i long for like and he never expresses any interest in a romantic relationship Ever. Right. There's a song that comes right after Sally's pitchy nightmare (laughs) about how she's horny (laughs) that could so easily be Jack being like, oh, by the way, I also would like love. But he doesn't. (laughs) The song right after the horny song is like, I still want to be Santa Claus. (laughs) 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 He's kind of like... Vol selling it by my view. He's in his tower. He's doing experiments. He's just not interested in a relationship at this time. Asexual icon, yeah. There's or he could just be like, uh, oh, what's that Reddit board? No fapping. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, which one's that? That's the one where (laughs) men convince themselves that if they don't jerk off for long enough, they'll like develop superpowers. They're like, I can't come until... There was literally a guy that told me once, he was like, hey, I really like you, but unfortunately, I cannot do anything sexual until I'm the best guitarist in Chicago. (laughs) 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 So we're we're assuming he's still not fucking. (laughs) 100% no. Jack seemed to me to be one of those kind of guys. Yeah. <laughs> I can't fuck till I'm Santa. <laughs> <laughs> and then he becomes Santa, and that's why he was able to, that's why he kisses Maybe Sally at the end. Yeah. He I posted did to get like a band, like dude trying to start a band vibe <laughs> from Jack Skellington from the start. And then I kind of was like, well, if Sally wants to get with him, that's great. But it's like, a lifetime of her going to like shitty concerts for like the rest of her <laughs> life and then pretending to like the songs even though she's heard them like a thousand times like that's her future <laughs> uh 
real quick, we also kind of touched on this, but like the ending, whenever Sally is like tied up, she's very damseled. Like Jack literally has to come in and like save her and untie her from the bad guy. Yeah, it's uh, a very boring, slow fight scene. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, but that, okay. So that scene at the end with the Oogie Boogie Man it still haunts me to this day whenever he like. His thing unravels, oh, and then he's yeah. filled with bugs. bugs. Yeah. So you're either made of leaves or bugs or bones. And then the bugs screamed when they yeah. like fell oh. into like the <laughs> lava or whatever the hell that was. All, <laughs> all of his like he died atom by atom. <laughs> I I liked that part. Ooh, it <laughs> like oh, if he's dead, we've got less than ten minutes to go. <laughs> I, Natalie, I totally agree with, like, the, I don't know, like, when you're a kid and you have, like, having a stop motion aversion. Mm. Uh, I used to be really scared of, it, like, only happened in the 80s and 90s where there'd be, like, animals and they'd be live action animals, but they'd have computer animated mouths. Like in the movie Cats and Dogs. (laughs) (laughs) That is not good. What about Babe? Or Babe Pig in the City. No, 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 no. Oh. You can't. Because <laughs> they're just, it's just like long shots of living animals <laughs> digitally manipulated to say things. I don't know. It's scary. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, I think we talked about this on the Men in Black episode. Yes. With the little, the little pug dog who's like. Oh. That's a great example <laughs> of that being very scary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the cat in Stuart Little was my like ultimate. No. So even even the cute, <laughs> so even the cuteness o- couldn't overpower nothing. No, <laughs> can't do it. <laughs> hey, Caitlin. Hey, Jamie. Can we take a break, please? Uh, yes, we can. The discourse is exhausting. <laughs> it sure is. See you in a sec. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Bean Dad. The Dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mother's Day is right around the corner, and in true She Pivots fashion, we're highlighting moms who've dedicated their lives and their pivots to supporting mothers. The iconic Christy Turlington will join us to talk about launching Every Mother Counts after pivoting from her 90s supermodel days. And later... 
The co-CEOs of Baby to Baby will share how they're addressing the needs for millions of babies and moms. So tune in and subscribe to She Pivots. New episodes out every Wednesday. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. I feel refreshed. Yes. I wanted to also talk about like the animation and the way that Sally looks aesthetically where like the different creatures of Halloween town, like they come in all shapes and sizes, but like Sally's body type and her proportions are still like, it's still adhere to like the ideal, like Western standard of beauty. They're literally people like, shaped like sorry game pieces like (laughs) just walking around the town (laughs) i'm so happy people knew what that game is by the way but yeah but she was like model proportion like Mm -hmm. it didn't make any sense so boo to them yeah it's it's like in in ghostbusters where there's like all these actual cartoony looking ghosts and then there's just like a woman with tits like huge who sucks off a ghostbuster and you're just like why is this the only female ghost right and i want to be clear i don't mean boo to that body type i mean boo to that being the only representation we see on screen of women who can be like romantically appealing the only option yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and she's also like one of the only women who lives there it's kind of a smurfette vibe to that but there are Witches and hags. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and the one shape of water creature. <laughs> Who we have to imagine is like the fuck lord of the town. <laughs> She's like, bring me an egg. <laughs> Let's have sex. God, I need to see that movie again. It's so horny. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it, it is like frustrating. And then the only other female character we really have is the one trick or treater who it, it's worth mentioning is the brains of that operation yes. as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or the three trick or treaters, uh, you know, she is kind of in charge and they fuck up. But every time they fuck up, she's like, see, I told you we shouldn't have kidnapped the Easter bunny. And you're like, OK, I guess the movie's not over. But... <laughs> <laughs> but even in that like sally is santa says it has to be true santa says like she's the smart one and we as an audience know she's the smart one uh and then even in the tiny little trick-or-treating coven the one woman there is the smart one and no one listens Mm -hmm. to her so it's just kind of how this movie goes well it begs the question then like if she's the smart one why isn't the why isn't it her story or like why isn't the movie about her and like from her perspective because tim burton made it tim burton (laughs) (laughs) because because this is another i would argue christmas themed male redemption story we see it in the christmas carol we see it with the grinch but it's like these christmas figures who are like i hate things and nobody likes me but at the end i'm gonna have a heart and and everyone will like me because i've redeemed myself this isn't quite the the grinch is queer though (laughs) queer icon the grinch Baby Grinch, Baby? not adult Grinch. That's not how that works. <laughs> <laughs> this is; these are your rules. 
But I mean, this isn't so much a male redemption story in the Nightmare Before Christmas because uh, people already fucking love Jack Skellington, and by the end, they love him even more. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it's all these like uninteresting characters who were like, "I'm a shitty man." How about I learn something and then people will like me? And I just don't know why we have so many of those stories. When there are smart women like Sally, whose stories we need to hear. I don't know. Do we need to hear Sally's story? (laughs) (laughs) She's made of leaves. Yes. (laughs) I think that the, the smartest decision made with this franchise is to not continue it after... Man, but like nine-year-old Caitlin would have loved the nightmare before Easter, the nightmare oh. before St. Patrick's Day, <laughs> the nightmare before Thanksgiving. It would be funny if Jack Skellington just got really into Irish people. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, guys, ever heard of Ireland? It's great. Yeah. <laughs> like None of that shit's making it into the Disney vault ever. <laughs> mm. Yeah, those are like straight to video straight sequels. To <laughs> Look, I just, I think there could have been a franchise. It was a missed opportunity. Anyway, (laughs) that's like, unfortunately, there's not much to talk about in a movie that has one woman who's on screen for like 11 minutes. Yeah, (laughs) there's really not that much to say. I mean, other than, I mean, I think like culturally there has been such a glorification of the Sally Jack relationship Mm -hmm. to the point where I was genuinely shocked that they do know each other, but one is extremely disinterested in the other person and they appear on screen together for maybe four minutes maximum like their stories barely intersect right and and it's supposed to be like wow romance people have tattoos of that yeah (laughs) on their human bodies they have tattoos of that (laughs) and like they didn't did they not know maybe they have just been to a hot topic also (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, it it is. Well, is it also worth noting that because we talk about this all the time when men present stalkerish behavior in movies and how troubling that is. Like mm-hmm. she follows him. He's like go, he's singing. He's on that like spirally mountain thing. Mm-hmm. And then it's basically an image from Moana. They stole from Moana is what I'm saying. <laughs> the, a movie that came out 25 <laughs> years later. Uh <laughs> So he's singing his song about how he's like, I wish there was a different thing for me. He's, it's an, it's the first song about I wish I was Santa. <laughs> Every song is I wish I was Santa. And then she <laughs> she's just like lurking in the background, like follows him. And then, yeah, it's not OK. Stalking, no matter what gender, is not OK. You heard it here first on the Bechtel cast. <laughs> It's really sad if you heard it here first, (laughs) by the way. And, like, logistically, don't follow a vol cell around. Like, (laughs) you're barking up the wrong tree. Yeah. Not until he's the greatest guitar player in Chicago. (laughs) (laughs) Then bang his line, see what happens. Does anyone have anything else to say about the movie? (sighs) I hate it. That's it. Should we do some some questions from the, the or comments from the audience? Uh, sure, if anyone's got them. Does anyone have a, anything they want to say or a, a question? Ooh, come, come on come up so up, you can uh, talk up. into the microphone. What's your name? Uh, Rachel. Hi. I was wondering if you guys picked up on like problematic racial 
things with Oogie Boogie, and if you wanted to like speak to that. <laughs> so Oogie Boogie is, I think, the one character who is voiced by a person of color. I'm pretty in sure the movie. that's true. I yeah. hope so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Here, I've got IMDb up right here. Let me investigate. <laughs> I know. So Oogie Boogie is voiced by Ken Page, and then, oh, Undersea Gal... <laughs> what? Ever heard of her? <laughs> is voiced by uh, a woman of color named Carmen uh, Twiley. Uh, she also voices a character called Man Under the Stairs. Oh, so is that at the, at the very beginning of the film? Yes. Maybe? Like, I am the. Oh, no, that was the bed. I was under the bed, not the stairs. <laughs> yeah, mind. I don't know who the Man Under <laughs> the Stairs is. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, this is a mostly white cast. We are not surprised considering it's a Tim Burton joint. Although, is it a Tim Burton movie? He didn't direct it. He, everyone's like, it's Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas. I'm comfortable blaming it on him. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He has like a, I think a story by credit. And he produced it. And he produced it. Uh, Uh, So, Oogie Boogie. Yeah, so he is one of the few characters voiced by a person of color. And he's also one of, I would argue, two villains in the movie. The other one being the mad scientist, Dr. Finkelstein, who... Is he coded as Jewish and is also that problematic? I mean, Oogie Boogie, like, based strictly on the way he is presented, seems like he's supposed to be from New Orleans, or there's like the aesthetic surrounding his lair, and he always has a pair of dice. Mm-hmm. Like, there's it's very like stereotypical New Orleans, like voodoo, voodoo. kind of like exactly. magic. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, it's weird because it's like, uh, it's not like you can't have a villain who is a person of color, but if that's the only person in the movie, then it's bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's Don't have your only character who's a voiced by a person of color be the one, like the villain of the movie. Yeah. That's racist. A <laughs> <laughs> in a Tim Burton movie, you're like, probably everyone's going to be white. And if someone is not white, it's probably for a racist reason. <laughs> right. Was it the was it the peculiar children, whatever that one was called, Mrs. It. Peregrine's house of the children who were peculiar? That's the name of it, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't Sam Jackson the only person of color in that movie and he was also the villain? Am I right about that? Does anyone know? I'm getting some Okay. Okay. That's enough for us. <laughs> So yeah, Tim Burton has a has a, a, a bad track record uh, when it comes to race, and like we'll tell you too, which is also yeah. crazy. Yeah, he's been outspoken about it. Yeah, um, go listen to our Edward Scissorhands episode for more details. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, are there any uh, other questions, comments, thoughts? There yeah, go, come on up. Is this movie just Mamma Mia but claymation? Because it's a lot of expositional songs with not a lot in between, a lot of skinny white people that bore me, kind of. Is it not just Mamma Mia? Yes. (laughs) I agree that Mamma Mia is boring and bad. I just watched it for the first time, too, because my boyfriend's sister wanted me to, and I'm just like, I got half an hour into it, I'm just like, yeah, so this is a series of of songs. What is happening? (laughs) (laughs) This is just Mamma Mia. Mamma Mia 
is a terrific film that everyone <laughs> should see. Where Pierce Brosnan's giving it 120%. There's, there's no reason to dislike Mamma Mia. I didn't dislike it, I just didn't like it. Did it, you see all of Pierce Brosnan's songs? <laughs> <laughs> That's a Spotify, and like, talk about pitchy. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, he's, but he, like, you can tell, you're like, who this matters to him, and he just sp- a spectacular failure. It was gorgeous. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think you're right, though. It's uh, boring and lots of expository singing and not much story. Natalie, Same thing. I actually have not, but I do enjoy ABBA songs. So oh, that's great. <laughs> Oh. Then, yeah, all you have to do to watch Mamma Mia is listen to ABBA on Spotify. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> or if you're like me, wait, did anyone here know about the band The A-Teens before they knew about ABBA? <laughs> yes. Okay. I was like, there's this awesome band called The A-Teens. <laughs> they only sing hits. <laughs> And so, like, why is every 18 song the best song ever? It's because they and only sing all the songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there were Swedish teenagers <laughs> getting away with murder, but they were so good. Great. Uh, any, any other thoughts, comments, concerns? <laughs> <laughs> Complaints? Um. Oh, we've got someone over oh, here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, just that, to me, it was, like, the... M- ultimate male fantasy playing out where literally they do nothing and the whole town loves them women follow them for kind of no reason and then like they get moody and stay inside and the whole town like comes to a screeching halt like whoa he's being emo today let's figure this out guys yeah yeah a hundred percent hundred percent yeah that's so true that's so true it kind of reminded me of a Bye Bye Birdie, like Conrad Birdie, where like everybody's yeah. like fawning over him and like falling over themselves. Like definitely was getting that vibe. <laughs> Our boy, he's sick. <laughs> there, are, there, there are a few different times where in the beginning, whenever he just like wanders into the woods and like is in Christmas Town, like the town is like, we haven't seen Jack. Raise the alarm. He's <laughs> like, they're yeah, right. so concerned. He's been, go- maybe he just like stayed over at a friend's house. They're like, he yeah. hasn't been home all night. So Can maybe he did spend it the night th- in Christmas town. Oh, Ooh, yeah. Th- oh, also, like, time works differently in Christmas town. <laughs> Most of stay? your town looks malnourished. Maybe work on that first. <laughs> like, feeding the people that actually live there. There's a- imagine if there were a mayor who was like, one emotionally unstable citizen was gone for the night and they're like the city shut down (laughs) (laughs) i do like his line where he's like i can't make decisions i'm a politician oh yeah and you're like (laughs) scathing (laughs) (laughs) all right we were all afraid to say it (laughs) but mr tim told us and we god so done a politician Two-faced? Whoa. Whoa. Is that a metaphor, do you think? Washington, D.C. This is, oh, God. He, I, I love when male auteurs are like, get, like, you know. <laughs> it's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> Yay. Uh, oh, sorry, we, we had one more question. Oh, yeah, uh, come on yeah, down. Come on up. Do we think that Jack has or is supposed to have a penis. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> 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 
Wait. I'd like to personally thank you for that question. <laughs> I was waiting for a follow-up question. Like, if so, what does he, he come? come? Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, which reminds me. Uh, okay, give it up if you're familiar with the wet scab, dry scab debate. <laughs> First of all, horrifying Wait. that that's the case. <laughs> for those of you who are not familiar, I'm so sorry for what's about to happen. The wet scout, dry scout debate is an on is Bechtel cast canon <laughs> <laughs> that Caitlin hates. So it's 50% canon. I like it. Uh, okay. It's just a single question on the ballot. If the character Beetlejuice comes, we assume he does. If he comes scabs, are they dry or are they wet? Right. <laughs> We've made You're right, Natalie. You're right. It's horrible. <laughs> now, to be clear, we've made the mistake previously of offering no scouts as an option, but that is sort of 2016 all over again where we're splitting the vote. So <laughs> it's so your options are wet scouts, dry scouts, what is Beetlejuice come, and just um, I'll close my eyes so I don't hold it against anyone in case we talk to you after the show. Uh, but you know, clap, clap if you feel like perhaps Beetlejuice would come wet scouts. Interesting. Uh, and if he comes dry scabs? That's pretty even. Wow. <laughs> it's so, it's such a polarizing issue. That's such yeah. a close call. <laughs> it's the issue of our times. The answer for progressives, <laughs> blue wave speaking, it's dry scabs. But, um, <laughs> you know, I, but it, 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 speaking to your question, does Jack Skellington have a penis? He certainly well, carries himself as if he does. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then follow-up question, what does he come? Small bones. <laughs> yep. Can't we all agree that's canon? <laughs> All right, well, sh shall we determine whether or not the movie passes the Bechdel test? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, it sure doesn't. Uh, <laughs> not even close. There are no women who interact. There are a few witches and hags <laughs> next to each other. Who praise Jack Skellington. Who are fangirling out at Jack Skellington, mm -hmm. but they're not talking to each other. Also... There, okay, we didn't talk about this, but there's one last thing. Okay, there are vampires. We've got ghouls. We've got a guy with an axe in his head. We've got... Hot. The, hot. hot. <laughs> We've got all manner of creatures, but the only creatures who appear to be female identifying are either witches, hags, or that shape of water lady. Like, why can't there be a lady vampire? Why can't there be a lady ghoul? Like... How come right. we're we're pigeonholed into these roles of witches and hags? But I will say that the shape of water lady was very progressive. Uh, yes, because usually it's the fish man that you raw dog. <laughs> 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 but now it's like Mr. Tim makes a good point of what if it was a fish woman that you raw dogged? You're right. Very progressive. <laughs> it it, it like brought, brought visibility that we needed <laughs> to the fish person in that character. 
I feel like that also, like your your line, I, it feels like you were also asking, like, why aren't there more lady serial killers? It was kind of looked like it was falling into that same. <laughs> why aren't there, though? <laughs> <laughs> Let's start a revolution tonight. <laughs> <laughs> there, no, I, t- I, I totally agree, though. It is like it's the most stereotypical what are women referred to as not on Halloween. It's very rare to see a man referred to as a ghoul or a person with an axe in their head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, women are called witches at very least, if not a series of, of far worse words on on the daily. Yeah. Oops. No. <laughs> <So laughs> <laughs> Anyway, a uh, movie does not pass the Bechdel test. There are, are no women interacting at all. But if they did, I would guess that they would be talking about Jack Skellington because they all freaking love him. But yeah, hard no on that one. Jack Skellington is not even hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's always wearing a suit. It's, he's like He's like a stand-up comedian who only wears suits. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like, ooh, this guy, what's wrong with him? <laughs> Uh, John Mulaney fans in the house. <laughs> oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, shall we rate the movie on our nipple scale? <laughs> okay. So this is a scale of zero to five nipples, uh, where we rate it based on its portrayal and representation of women in the movie. I'm going to give this a uh, half nipple. Because um, while we do see Sally make a few active choices in the movie, wh- some of which do kind of influence the story, but mostly not really. And she does have a few skills, but again, most of them are very stereotypically like feminine domestic skills. And she has to be saved at the end. She's all damseled and she stalks the hero but then they kiss, which is usually how those narratives go. So it's just, you know, par for the course. But, um, yeah, she uh, she's the only woman in the town except for a few witches. And it's, yeah, not not great. So one half nipple and it's going to Sally and she can probably detach it from herself. <laughs> Natalie, what say you? Um, is it possible to give it negative two? Nipples? Yes. yes. <laughs> can I go below, like? Can I invert my my nipples? <laughs> we do it yes, quite only if often. everyone pictures it. <laughs> no, yes, <laughs> it's part of the deal. No, I I similar to what you were saying at the end. Like the fact that they had to like try to like shoehorn like a romance or any type of thing like that into this movie like just shows like what the creators of the movie thought of her the entire time it's just like mm-hmm. yeah you can give her some of these skills or some of these things are really cool she's like really good with potions but in the end it was like somebody that was subservient to a dude and could roll with that <laughs> yeah negative nipples scary <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll I'll go with a half as well. The Sally character and like all characters of like the tokenizing the f- the female character in a movie, especially in like '90s movies. Like I feel certain that Tim Burton slash everyone involved in the writing of this movie thought they were doing a very cool progressive empty girl power gesture by even including Sally in the story and giving her a skill mm-hmm. that wasn't like just being able to be fucked at the end. Um, 
because that is I mean that's like a lot of like 80s and 90s movies there's they're like no it is cool and like female characters are she can do something the end game for her is exactly the same right and she has no options except the end game that has been subscribed since the beginning of time but like look a potion and you're just like it's it's I don't know it's even more sinister to me because it's being sold to you as like this is progress and you're mm-hmm. like this is just a more accurate representation of someone who might exist with also no options right <laughs> like, Worth um, noting, though, that the screenplay is by a woman, Caroline Thompson. She should yeah. be in jail. <laughs> <laughs> her, her last redeeming, like, if she wanted to create a bunch of STEM books, like, for chemistry. Yeah. yeah. Center around Sally, that could be her. How do you make fog <laughs> juice? Yeah. We all want to know. <laughs> um, uh, but, again, well, the story was by Tim Burton, so he was probably yeah. just like, he's like, I have to French kiss Johnny Depp for five hours a day or I'll die. <laughs> So, gonna have to outsource this one. Uh, yeah, half nipple given it to the fish lady. <laughs> Great. Well, Natalie, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having yeah. me. Is there any. <laughs> Where can people follow you online and what would you like to plug? Uh, yeah, so um, I have a website, nataliemcgill.com, where I have upcoming shows. I'm on Twitter at Natalie S. McGill, and on Instagram, I'm at Hoot Holler Snap. So awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, thank you to uh, Pete and everyone here at the Draft House Comedy Theater. Um, you know, listeners at home, Yay. check this place out if you're ever in town. It's wonderful. And, and give it up for yourselves. Thank you so much for, for coming. coming out. Um, so that was our episode. I hope you liked it. I yeah. hope you were feeling the energy in the room. Um, and Could we you just feel my cousin? <laughs> She's there. <laughs> I felt her. <laughs> <laughs> the cousin is present. Mm-hmm. So we just wanted to say thank you again to our guest, the wonderful Natalie, Natalie McGill. McGill. Thanks again to everyone who came out to that live show and anyone who's ever come out to any of our live shows. So much fun. Always the best. Always the best time. And also one more thanks to Pete and everyone at the Draft House Comedy Theater. So much fun. They were so kind. Yes. So wonderful. And uh, hey, you can follow us if you don't already on social media. <laughs> like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Although I am on Facebook so little these days that... Well, Mark Zuckerberg is a cyber criminal, hellbent on destroying the world. If you haven't heard already, Sheryl Sandberg is canceled. Mm. Lean out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anyways. Anyway, follow us. (laughs) Uh, Follow us on Facebook. (laughs) On these evil platforms. Yeah. Thank you so much. Um, Uh, Silicon Valley is actually good. (laughs) The show on HBO. Oh. uh, (laughs) Yes, but not what I was saying. But yes. Uh, anyway, so yeah, follow us uh, there at Bechtelcast. You can go to our website, Bechtelcast.com. There you can find our merch on Public. Oh, yes, just in time for the holidays. Mm-hmm. We have a bunch of new designs. We've got queer icon baby Grinch. Yes. We've got a new non-binary icon. We've got new designs for strong female protagonists. We've got it all, so check it out. Knock some items off your list for your friend. Yes. <laughs> And um, everything is on sale uh, right now, at least. If you're if you're hearing this on the day this episode drops, well, first of all, thanks for like being up to date. I'm just gonna drop with the our art. content. It seems like the website, the kind of website where everything's kind of always on sale. Oh, so like, saying. get it. Yeah, it's so on sale. Get the merch. Also, get our Matreon. 
yes, $5 a month for two extra episodes. And December is the time to join because we are doing shitty Hallmark slash Netflix Christmas movies. Yes. Oh, can't wait. What a time to be alive. I'm so excited. (laughs) So uh, everyone, thanks again for listening and, you know, have a great freaking week. We cherish you. Have a great week. All right. Bye. Bye. Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.